Hello again, everybody. Thanks again for joining me. Um, Today, we're going to be finishing up on our study of the book of Esther with part five. And for those of you who are just joining us, I recommend that you go back and listen to episodes 15 through 18 to get a better understanding of where we are with regard to today's session. And we've been studying how Queen Esther in the book of Esther relates to the body of Christ and his church in the earth today. And we've drawn many parallels of the times that the Jews went through in their day to what we've been seeing in our day and how it relates to us. Today, I intend to finish up this wonderful account of the triumphant conquering bride of Christ Jesus that is portrayed through the book of Esther. Okay, so I'd like to start with prayer. So Heavenly Father, I worship you and give you honor and praise. You are the King of kings and the Lords of lords. You are the Lord of glory. I thank you that your scepter of favor is extended to us, Lord, and that you have wonderful plans of freedom and deliverance for your people, just as you did all throughout your word. I ask Heavenly Father that you be glorified with this message and that it brings blessing, encouragement, and freedom to your people. I pray that you awaken us to who we really are in your Son, Jesus Christ, and to your incredible power that resides within us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. So as I mentioned in my first podcast about the book of Esther, I've been reading some parts from the Apocrypha, which is a collection of books, most of which have been included in the Bible up until 100 years ago when the powers that be at that time decided to remove them. Um, So yeah, I have my thoughts about that, but whether they are now in our regular Bible or not, I really find the Apocrypha an excellent read because it gives us so much more perspective into many of the teachings that we have known. And whether it's just from a historical point of view, it just helps bring things together. All right, so in the last session, I promised that we will discuss the significance of the king's words to Esther. Uh, Her request as it not only relates to her, but also to us. As well, we will go over the decree that Mordecai and Esther put out in the king's name as is recorded in the Apocrypha. I found that it's very revealing as to what was really going on with Haman's evil plans. It was regarding the entire kingdom rather than it just being a hateful vendetta against Mordecai and the Jews that is portrayed in, in um, the regular Bible readings that we get. As well, I'll also discuss the wonderful and empowering solution for not only the Jewish nation, but for the entire kingdom. So we'll start in Esther chapter 8, verse 5, as it reads in the Voice Bible. Esther then said to the king, If it please the king, and if I am in his favor, and if the king believes it is the right and just thing to do, let there be an official decree written that can cancel all the out, cancel out the order Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, had to rid all of the king's provinces of the Jews. However, the king answered Esther by saying, in verse 7, Look, 
I have given you, as Queen Esther, Haman's household because of his vengeful actions against your people. That is also why he hangs on the pole he made for Mordecai. I have done all that I can do. The rest is your responsibility, because no order that has been written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's signet ring can be overturned. So you must write a new order to the Jews to remedy the situation. It too must be written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring. As mentioned in a former podcast, in Persian law, once a law or a decree was sealed by the king's signet ring, it was irrevocable. It was a done deal. It was law. So even though Haman, the evil enemy of the Jews, was dead, the order to exterminate all of the Jews was still in effect. Only a new decree in the king's name, sealed with the king's ring, could supersede the former one. So Mordecai, who Esther told the king was her um, uncle or her cousin, um, so the king found out about the relation that Mordecai had with Esther, and so he elevated him to a position of authority in the kingdom because of his faithfulness in serving him. And so Mordecai, at the king's order, wrote out a new decree that read as follows. King Xerxes the Great, to the governors of the provinces in the 127 satrapies from Hudu to Kush, and to those responsible for our interest, greetings. Many have become the more ambitious, the more they were showed, showered with honors through the bountiful generosity of their patrons. Not only do they seek to do harm to our subjects, but incapable of bearing such greatness, they even begin plotting against their own benefactors. Not only do they drive out gratitude from among men, but with the arrogant boastfulness of those to whom goodness has no meaning. They suppose they will escape the vindictive judgment of the all-seeing God. Often, too, the fair speech of friends entrusted with the administration of affairs has induced many placed in authority to become accomplices in the shedding of innocent blood and has involved them in irreparable calamities by deceiving with malicious slander the goodwill of rulers. This can be verified in the ancient records that have been handed down to us, but more fully when one considers the wicked deeds perpetuated in your midst by the pestilential influence of those undeserving of authority. We must provide for the future so as to render the kingdom undisturbed and peaceful for all men. Taking advantage of changing conditions and deciding always with equitable treatment matters coming to our attention. For instance, Haman, son of Hamadatha and Agagite, certainly not of Persian blood and very different from us in generosity, was hospitably received by us. He so far enjoyed the goodwill that we have for all peoples that he was proclaimed father to the king, before whom everyone was to bow down. He obtained the rank second to the royal throne, but unequal to this dignity, he strove to deprive us of kingdom 
and of our breath. And by weaving intricate webs of deceit, he demanded the destruction of Mordecai, our savior and constant benefactor, and of Esther, our blameless royal consort, together with their whole race. For by such measures, he hoped to to catch us defenseless and to transfer the rule of the Persians to the Agagites. But we found that the Judeans, who were doomed to extinction by this chief criminal, are not evildoers, but rather are governed by most righteous laws and are the children of the Most High, the living God of majesty, who has maintained the kingdom for us in a flourishing condition for us and our ancestors. You will do well then to ignore the letters sent by Haman, the son of Hamadatha, for he who composed it has been hanged together with his entire household before the gates of Susa. Thus God, who governs all, has swiftly brought upon him the punishment that he deserved. You shall exhibit a copy of this letter publicly in every place to certify that the Judeans may follow their own laws and that you may help them on the day set for this ruling, the day, the 13th day of the 12th month, Adar, to defend themselves against those who attack them. For God, the ruler of all, has turned that day for them from one of destruction of the chosen race into one of joy, so that both now and in the future it may be for us and for loyal Persians a celebration of victory. And for those who plot against us, a reminder of destruction. Every city and province without exception that does not observe this decree shall be ruthlessly destroyed with fire and sword so that it will not be left merely untrodden by men, but even shunned by wild beasts and birds forever. Interestingly, through being able to read this decree that went out, We see that Haman, the evil enemy of the Jews, was not only enemy to God's people, he was enemy to the entire kingdom. And through destroying the vast population of patriotic Jews within the kingdom, Haman thought to weaken its defenses and usurp the king and take the kingdom from him and give it to the Agagites. We can read much into this as to what has been going on in the earth. The enemy has been systematically poisoning the hearts and minds of leaders worldwide, even within the church, in an attempt to weaken and overcome the true church of the living God, his ecclesia, and take over the entire kingdom for the evil one. But as we delve further, we shall see this is not the way it's going to be at all. No matter how hard the enemy has tried to wipe out Heavenly Father's seed in the earth, Christ's new covenant, which he sealed with his blood, supersedes the enemy narrative, and there has always been a remnant in the earth to uphold God's kingdom rule, even though at times it seems like they're extremely insignificant or weak. So the new decree or mandate or law or narrative, if you will, that would bring their freedom was written on the 23rd day of the third month, Sivan. It was sent swiftly on horseback throughout the kingdom. In scripture, horses symbolize speed and strength. The Jews were to be ready to fight 
and any enemies that came against them on the day that Haman had chosen by way of lots or Purim, the 13th day of the 12th month of Adar. This new decree immediately transferred the power and strength over their enemies to the Jews. This decree not only superseded, but overrode the one that Haman had put out. It ensured that the Jews were to follow their own godly laws and defend themselves. That very same day that the decree went out, months before Haman's evil one was to take place, the tables turned. Now it was the Jews that had the king's authority to annihilate their enemies. This new decree written by Mordecai and Esther advised all the officials within the kingdom who were involved not only to stand down regarding Haman's previous orders to destroy the Jews, but it commanded them to actually help the Jews defend themselves against their enemies on the day Haman had meant for their destruction, or they would themselves be destroyed by fire and sword as would any city or province that came against the Jews. The governors and officials and everyone involved were given the choice, the opportunity to decide whether to continue with the evil narrative that Haman had infected them with and the time to consider it, or were they going to come to their senses and repent and change their minds and aid God's people. This actually has been going on in the earth as God's glory is filling the earth and the goats and the sheep are being separated. Over time, those who seem to have been in authority, as well as God's people and citizens of the earth, have been given opportunity to repent or change their minds and align with the decree of King Jesus, the new covenant that he brought in. We've been given time over all this time as to decide which kingdom are we going to advance? Are we going to assist in bringing about the glorious superseding message that the kingdom of God is at hand? Or are we going to continue in the kingdom of darkness? It took Jesus Christ bringing in his new covenant, his kingdom of light, freedom and life, and sealing it with his own blood to remedy the situation that was on the earth. Even though Satan has been defeated, his laws and ways are still rampant in the minds of carnal man. However, just like the Jews needed to... appropriate the new law or decree that went out for their salvation by defending themselves against their enemies by fire and sword, even killing their women and children. We, the people of the living Christ, his ecclesia, must now walk in our governmental authority and appropriate his new law of freedom and liberty with his sword, the word of God and fire the power of his Holy Spirit against every enemy, no matter how big or small or beguiling or seemingly innocent. And that's what's happening right now. God is waking up the church. We're waking up to who we be in Christ. Luke 10, 19 says, 
I've given you true authority. You can smash vipers and scorpions under your feet. You can walk all over the power of the enemy. You can't be harmed. That's the voice Bible. And I really love how the Passion Translation reads, Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. He will tra- you will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. So we are to take back the ground, the territory, the spoils, the estate or riches, so to speak, of the enemies that we take down. And corporately, the church, Christ's ecclesia, is to take back the influential areas in our communities, cities, governments, and nations, and the world, and the the earth at large. Um, Psalms 2.8 says, The nations will be yours for the asking, and the entire earth will belong to you. That's the voice Bible in the Passion states, Ask me to give you the nations and I will do it, and they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth, and you will shepherd them with unlimited authority, crushing their rebellion as an iron rod smashes jars of clay. Again, we see how we as Christ's body must arise and we must work together in faith, just like our own bodies uh, use muscles and joints and all the parts and organs. Everything has to work together or it's just not going to work well. And we'll do re- well to remember the scripture that says, faith without works is dead being alone. So we must be active. We, we can't be asleep anymore. We must be active and we must work together by the spirit of the living Christ in the earth and and just work well together or things will not, just as they haven't been over time, as everyone can see, haven't been exactly the way the Lord would have them be in the earth. So this is what this time is about right now. We are coming together as his body and we are standing in Christ. And all that is going on in the earth, we not only allowed it to happen, I'll even go so far as to say that we actually helped bring it in. And I'll be doing a very enlightening podcast that explains this in depth next time. We as ambassadors of Christ Jesus, our King, by the power of his name and his blood, following his Holy Spirit's heavenly counsel and direction, must, in a sense, rewrite history. We can override what the the trajectory of how things are going. And we don't have to sit here and fear the worst and allow evil to overtake our nations. No, we have the right, the authority, the responsibility. We are able We have the responsibility and the privilege to decree a new thing. Jesus gave us the power to do greater things than he did. If not this, that is presently going on, then what do we as the body of Christ want to see happen? 
This is where Christ's true church, his ecclesia, is to get into the throne room of God. Then, with the king's favor, heavenly strategy, and direction, Holy Spirit direction, step out in his authority and Holy Spirit power, wielding the sword of his word and decreeing and declaring the gospel of his kingdom, his good news, his will into the atmosphere, sealing it with the blood and the name of Jesus Christ so it supersedes and overrules every evil narrative that the enemy has spewed out and set creation free from the effects of sin. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 23 says, And as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And the footnote for the word church at the bottom of this verse in the Passion Translation is so awesome. It states that the Greek word ekklesia, that's often used for the word church, is more than just a church meeting. It signifies in Greek culture the governing assembly which had the authority to make decisions for the entire city. And as well, Matthew 16, 18b says, Jesus says to Simeon, whom he had just named Peter the Rock to implicate Peter's revelation of Jesus as the Son of God, he says, on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. And the footnote for Ecclesia here says that it means legislative assembly or selected ones. This is not a religious term, but a political and governmental term used in the Greek for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of a city. We also know that the word uh, has called the church a city in many places. As we shall see further on in our study, this is exactly what the book of Esther is portraying. The church coming together as one and destroying the enemy narrative completely because God's word says no weapon formed against us can prosper. As the body of Christ comes to fully understand who we are in Christ Jesus and operate in the power of his Holy Spirit as his true sons and daughters, there is going to be a lot of shaking and rearranging going on in every area of social influence all over the earth. This is what was meant by the many scriptures quoting, the Lord says, said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. This is the ongoing work of God's sons and daughters in the earth taking Christ's governmental authority over every evil antichrist agenda and system, destroying every enemy completely and ushering in the kingdom of heaven, his will, his way, in the earth as it is in heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then Esther chapter 8 verse 15 states, Then Mordecai went out robed in royal apparel, wearing a golden crown and a diadem of fine purple linen. The people in Susa saw it and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness in every city and province where the ordinance was published. 
wherever the proclamation took place, the joys were the Jews were glad and they were full of joy and there was feasting and mirth. Many of the Gentiles were circumcised and became Jews for fear of the Jews. This is wonderful. The new decree that went out had such a great impact that many people of other nations became Jews and served the Lord of hosts. They served God Almighty. They changed their hearts and came to the Lord. The people heard the word of the king and they were filled with hope. And so they already began celebrating in excitement and anticipation, all the while preparing against that fateful day, trusting that victory was already theirs. This is a picture of the authority that Christ's ecclesia already has in the earth. As ambassadors of our King Jesus, we are adorned with his royalty and authority. We have been given authority against and have been fully equipped to destroy all the plans and agendas of the enemy antichrist spirit that has been operating in the earth. 1 John 4:3-4 in the Voice Bible says, if a spirit does not affirm the true nature of Jesus, the anointed, then that, that spirit does not come from God and is, in fact, the spirit of the Antichrist. You have heard about its coming. In fact, it is already active in the world. My children, you have come from God and have conquered these spirits because the one who lives within you is greater than the one in this world. So we can now celebrate the king that celebrate being in the kingdom of God and partake of his banqueting table which he has set before us as we take more ground for Jesus Christ our king actively advancing his kingdom knowing that his rule and his narrative his new covenant is in full effect and has superseded and overruled the enemy agenda to kill steal to steal, kill, and destroy his seed from the earth. Then in the Voice Bible, chapter 9, 1, we read, The new law and orders of King Ahasuerus took effect on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. It was on this day that those who were enemies of the Jews had planned to overtake them. But that was not the way it happened. Instead, the Jews got the upper hand over those who conspired against them. And it goes on to say that none of the nations that were against the Jews could even resist because they were afraid of them. As well, the nobles and governors of the provinces were so afraid of Mordecai, who had risen to great power in the kingdom, that they actually helped the Jews. Verse 4 and 5 say, in King Ahasuerus' palace, Mordecai grew more powerful. Word spread quickly throughout the provinces about Mordecai's authority and influence. The Jews took this opportunity to attack their enemies with swords, killing them. And they did whatever they deemed reasonable with those who despised them. So rather than getting annihilated on that day, the Jews, full of faith in the Lord God being with them, took this opportunity and rose up and slaughtered all of their enemies. They destroyed them completely with the sword. The Apocrypha states that they also killed Haman's 10 sons and plundered their properties on the same day. This shows a great wealth, amount of wealth transfer to them from their enemies. 
And they also killed 500 men that day in the city of Susa, but they did not take plunder from these. And at the same time, the Jews who lived outside the city of Susa gathered together to defend themselves against their enemies and find freedom. And these people killed 75,000 of their enemies that day, but did not touch their assets. Then they all rested and celebrated, even though the new decree went out and they had the authority of the king to defeat their enemies, they were still required to act on it. Otherwise, they would not have been, they would not have come into their freedom and salvation that was right there for them. At the end of the day, all was reported to King Ahasuerus, who then asked Esther if there was anything more that he could do for her. And Esther requested that the king allow the Jews to have one more day to exact justice on their enemies and to have Haman's ten sons also hung on the poles for all to see as Haman had been. Ten is the number of law, government, restoration. As well, any remaining relatives of Haman's were executed. The head and all wicked parties that governed the fate of the people were utterly destroyed and shamefully displayed for all to see to ensure that this evil narrative could never be repeated again, ever. Faith in God rose tremendously and there was great rejoicing throughout the kingdom. God has revealed the evil Antichrist spirit that has been operating in the earth and Christ's ecclesia and patriots are now arising and must destroy all our enemies with his sword of truth and righteousness in our mouths. We must take back governmental authority, which had been represented by Haman and his 10 sons in all of the influential societal high places. And it goes on to say the next day, the Jews in the city assembled and killed another 300 men, leaving their assets. So because the Jews in the city of Susa defended themselves on the 13th and 14th day of the month of Adar, they rested and celebrated on the 15th day. Mordecai corresponded with the Jews all over the King Ahasuerus' kingdom, reminding them to celebrate these days each year as a remembrance to the time they had been granted relief from their enemies and their fear was turned to gladness. Thus, this time was to become an annual celebration known as Purim, which means lots, as Haman had cast lots to determine that day in which he wanted to destroy the Jews. It was to be celebrated by all of the Jews and those in the kingdom who were patriotic to the king as a remembrance of how God had turned the enemy's evil plans back on themselves, just as God had done many times before. For instance, with Joseph, who said in, in Genesis 5.20, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The Apocrypha states as well that Mordecai became viceroy to the king and was a great man in the kingdom, loved by all his nation. So again, like many other faithful servants of the Lord God, such as Joseph and David, we see that Mordecai was elevated as he trusted God Almighty and followed his commands. We too, 
in Christ Jesus are elevated to sit with him at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places and have been given authority in the earth and in his kingdom to advance his kingdom. Ephesians 2, 6. We are the victors. Jesus, our Lord and King, has already sealed the decree of victory with his blood. His true prophets, evangelists, teachers, etc., have been declaring the word, the good word of his kingdom to the nations. It may not look like much yet, but we walk by faith, not by sight. Just like Jesus said, the kingdom is like the, the mustard seed. It's tiny, but it grows into a, a, a huge tree. Now we must all make that decision as to whether we will believe his word his truth, or believe the lies from the enemy that have proliferated our churches and religious circles and society at large throughout history. The time has come to choose and act accordingly. The sons and daughters of God must arise and take our place and overcome this evil agenda with Christ's truth. God's kingdom is here. Jesus the King brought it in with him, and through him we are now in his kingdom as well. So it is here through us, in us, and we represent his, his, we are his representatives, his body in the earth. Matthew eleven twelve in the Passion Translation says it really well. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Father God is not planning to just change a few things and have a revival here and there. No, his desire is for complete restoration to freedom of, his, of all of his creation. This is an overhaul as we've never seen before. This is the time for Jesus Christ's kingdom to manifest in a revolutionary way, completely overtaking the kingdom of this world. As scripture says in Matthew eleven twelve, as I mentioned earlier, we are to take it by force with his passion burning through us. We are either in or out of his plan for true salvation, true freedom and liberation of all of his creation. In chapter 10, uh, Esther here, chapter 10, 4 to 13, Mordecai recaps all that had happened by saying, These things have come from God, for I remember the dream which I had concerning these matters, for not one detail of them has failed. There was the little spring which came, became a river, and there was light and the sun and much water. The river is Esther, whom the king married and made queen. The two serpents are Haman and me. The nations are those who combined to destroy the name of the Jews. But as for my nation, this is Israel. Even those who cried to God and were delivered, for the Lord delivered his people. The Lord rescued us out of all these calamities, and God worked such signs and great wonders as have not been done among the nations. Therefore he ordained two lots, one for the people of God and one for all the other nations. And these two lots came for an appointed season and for a day of judgment before God and for all the nations, 
God remembered his people and vindicated his inheritance. They will observe these days in the month Adar on the 14th and on the 15th day of the month with an assembly, joy and gladness before God throughout the generations forever among his people Israel. So Heavenly Father already had two lots organized. He flipped Haman's desire to annihilate God's people from the kingdom and turned it back onto the enemies of God. Then he gave the Jews freedom and joy with Mordecai as powerful viceroy in the kingdom. God's true man and people prevailed in the kingdom and prospers and joy and peace abounded. And this is what the Lord is doing. He is flipping all of the enemy's devices back upon themselves. He's turning everything back upon the enemy. And he, and unfortunately, those who have, who choose to stay in the kingdom of darkness and not take the opportunity to come into God's kingdom of light will unfortunately suffer the consequences there. And he is giving his people freedom and joy as Holy Spirit, as his glory and his power fills the earth. God's true people are prevailing. His kingdom is taking over in the earth. And there is much peace and much joy abounding within his people who know their God and it is to become a great time of celebration and wonder in the earth. So beginning with Mordecai's dream and ending with him giving God the glory for bringing it all about just as he had shown him, as I mentioned way back in my first session on the book of Esther, indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets, as seen in Amos 3.7. So too, Christ Church today must tune in and hear the voice of the Lord God Almighty. It's time. It's time we arise in the power of our King Jesus Christ, come into agreement with and declare his decree, his new covenant and law to overrule the evil narrative that tries to continue to create fear and havoc in the earth through the spirit of Antichrist. The true Holy Spirit-filled prophets of Christ, in accordance to the word of God, have been speaking and declaring his truth. God's true prophets are not declaring doom and gloom, evacuation of the earth and the world being destroyed and blown up. No, or the earth being destroyed and blown up. Yes, the world system is being destroyed, but this earth is not. No, they are declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord over all, and we, Christ's Holy Ghost-filled ambassadors and patriotic citizens of his kingdom, are victorious. The good news must be preached to all the ends of the earth, not the evil news. We are to take the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, and declare and decree his good news. His kingdom is come throughout the earth to all nations, the enemy cannot resist us as we move forward as Christ's ambassadors filled with his Holy Spirit and power throughout the earth. Praise the Lord. He is so amazing and his love and faithfulness never fail. 
So let's end here with our decreeing together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We praise you. We give you honor. We come humbly, Lord God, before your throne of grace, and yet we come triumphantly because we know that we are washed in the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are ambassadors of your heavenly kingdom. We thank you so much for your word of truth that is life to us and for your spirit of revelation that brings us understanding and wisdom. Father, we say, let your kingdom come and fill this earth and fill our earthly vessels, our earthen vessels with your glory and your presence in and through us. Let us, let your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And may every part of our beings glorify you alone. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are way, way ahead of any plans of our adversary and that your decree, your new covenant is now established in the earth and is swiftly overruling and canceling all of the evil plans and mandates of the enemy throughout the entire earth. Thank you that we overcome by the blood of your lamb, Jesus Christ, and the word of our testimony. So we decree with our mouths, we testify with our mouths that your kingdom reign is filling this earth as your sons, as we, your sons and daughters, are now understanding our true identity in Christ Jesus and arising in the authority that you yourself have given us. We declare that your plans for us are good and that we have a hope and a wonderful future in you, that we walk in your wholeness and supernatural abundance and prosperity and incredible, wonderful health. We declare that we walk in your love, in your righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We declare that all things work together for our good because we are called according to your purposes. And though everything around us may seem to be in turmoil, you, Father God, are our certainty. You are our peace. You are our strong tower, our salvation. And you see us through to victory in every area of our lives as you turn all the enemy's evil plans back on themselves. We arise and declare Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he is risen from the dead. And we are risen with Christ and are seated in heavenly places in him at the right hand of Father God. <clears throat> we decree that Jesus Christ and his kingdom is alive and flourishing in the earth. Jesus Christ is greater than any adversary that will ever come our way because Jesus, you say in your word, in Matthew 16, that you are building your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Praise the Lord. We declare that our families and loved ones come to know the love of Jesus Christ and that they are drawn to serve you wholeheartedly. We call in Christ's salvation and freedom into our communities and into our nations. We call in godly legislative authority to rule in every level of government, law enforcement, and medical care system in every nation, in Jesus Christ's mighty name. We turn our eyes and our ears to you, Lord, to see and hear only you. 
We thank you that you are invading the whole earth with your kingdom rule and domain. And Father, we stand in anticipation, expectation, and readiness to covenant with you in all that you are doing. Jesus Christ, we declare you are our champion. God's true voice in the earth prevails. Your people, your kingdom ambassadors, your ecclesia prevails now. And Christ Jesus is being glorified over all. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is now filling the earth. Every knee bows and every tongue shall indeed confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are Lord over all the heavens and the earth, and you love us and you hear our prayers. We thank you, Father, that you have given us eyes to see and ears to hear your truth. And we are being set free, line upon line, precept upon precept. We are growing from glory to glory. We thank you that your Holy Spirit activates and enables us to be good stewards of your word and the talents that you have placed in our care. We give you all the glory and all the honor and praise in Jesus Christ's mighty name. So be it. So if any of you who are listening do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like to have a a relationship with Jesus that will bring you into the family of God, I just want you to know that it doesn't matter where you are in your life or what you feel that you may have done. He knows everything about you. And he knew you before you were even conceived. He actually had wonderful plans for you before you even came onto this earth. And he loves you unconditionally. You are the reason Jesus came to give his life and shed his blood because he wants to restore you to himself. If this is you and you would like to know Jesus for yourself, please pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I believe and confess you are the son of God and that you died on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I invite you, Jesus, to come live in me as my Lord and Savior and I pledge my life to you from this day forward and I receive your forgiveness. I thank you that I am made new and whole in you and that I'm now part of your family. I ask all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God, to his kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy. You may or may not have felt anything when you prayed this prayer. It doesn't matter because it's by faith that we receive Jesus into our hearts. So it's not by feeling. Just know that he is now with you. He lives inside of you and his Holy Spirit is with you and he loves you and he's listening and you should talk to him all the time. He's there. You don't need anyone else to be there to talk to him for you. He can hear you directly. The more time you take to speak, to build relationship with Jesus, the more he's going to reveal himself to you in amazing ways that you may never even think possible. And if possible, it would be a really good idea for you to get a Bible and begin reading it, asking the Holy Spirit to give you understanding as you read. Um, Perhaps start reading in the New Testament, even the book of John, as it talks about God's plan of salvation for us. As well, it would be a great idea for you to locate a Holy Spirit-led church that you can 
be a part of the body of Christ. And if you cannot, there are many ministries that have church online as well as in person. Just ask the Lord to guide you as to where he wants you to be and he will show you. Well, thanks again for listening in, everyone. Um, I hope you were blessed and encouraged today. Please share these messages with as many people as possible since we all need encouragement in these times of great changes. Until next time, may the Lord be with you. May he guide you and richly bless you and keep you in every way.